I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to the House Plans Podcast, Jinx. <laughs> Alright, go, please. Okay, so we are here to talk about uh, music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And we're also here to worship, and we're here to talk to a very special guest, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Zach, do you want to start us off on our crazy awesome version of Blessed Assurance, which is so. royalty free? Yeah. Let's, so no problem. <laughs> we can use it because it's in the public domain. It was written before 1923, which is apparently the standard. Yeah. So we'll just scroll that hymnal and we got plenty of material to use. I don't know that they're going to like this version, but let's go. <laughs> this might be a little different than you're used to, but here it goes. Oh, I need to be in drop D. Yes, you do. All right. Um, just for a quick anecdote while he tunes up. Um, have you ever felt lost or need something in your life and you don't know what it is? Well, this next sponsor for our podcast is really great. Um, you can call on him day or night or uh, pray. It's Jesus. There you go. Just a little plug. He's sponsoring our podcast, I hope. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of blood. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst from my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. song praising my savior all the day with his goodness. 
Jesus lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day What did you think, Christy? Was it really weird? I think it's the first time I felt like I should be riding a camel while listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, man. It's not it's, a bad thing. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's hey, so let's talk about Christy. Um, Christy Duncan is a good friend of mine, Colin McSweeney, but she's also the young new author of an amazing book called Keeping Tally illuminating the lies that imprison you. And I am just super duper blessed and excited to have her on the show. I know Zach is also a fan of uh, her book. What did you think of the book, Zach? I was pretty impressed. Um, I really liked uh, the frankness and the honesty in the book. And um, I can just tell it came from a very genuine place. So I really appreciate uh, what you've done with it. And so uh, Christy, welcome. Thanks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. All right. So uh, let's get going. First of all, Christy, tell us a little bit about you. And I know that a little bit about you is in the book. In fact, a lot about you is in the book. But um, before we like get into the nitty gritty about it, tell us uh, maybe like, I don't know, just like, how'd you come to know Jesus? And how did you uh, get involved with like Center Church and all that? Um... I was one of the young believers, I guess, um, believing in Jesus when I was like 12 or so, mm-hmm. uh, and then really developing a relationship towards the end of high school, beginning of college, and then kind of got fed up with ministry stuff because it felt really forced and like an obligation. In college? Yeah, in college. Mm-hmm. Um and not that my relationship with him uh, changed so much, but I just started stepping away a little bit more from the ministry administration. Stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough. Jessica, um, it's funny you, what you just described is a lot like Jessica and my wife. Uh, her whole like upbringing was like very like forced, um, and so she kind of rebelled for a time. And then we got back together and kind of strengthened each other. I guess mm-hmm. in the book you talk a little bit about you and Brian kind of hooking up and doing ministry, and it's funny how uh, good relationship when you're both like striving towards the Lord can like strengthen both of you, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, what you just described kind of leads into some of what's in the book. I'm not trying to tell anybody anything about it cause it's a great book. You need to read it. So, uh, but I will ask you a few things. Um, actually Zach, will you, why don't you take, uh, the first couple there? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of wondering, um, as you were 
starting to think about writing a book and uh, putting some of the ideas together in your head, did you have like a audience in mind that you were thinking about? Like what's, what's the typical reader of this book in your mind as you're uh, starting to put the thoughts together? This is the most Sunday school answer I'll give for any question, (laughs) but I, I really did write the book for God. Not that he needs to read it, but this, like, one of the, I mean, maybe three or four times in my life where I really, really felt like I was supposed to do something and being led. So I just wrote what I felt like needed to be said without an audience in mind. That's the best way to write a book, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would Sell say millions. Um, I would but say it, it seems like moms, you know, 30 to 40 year, years old or so are kind of what are really taken a lot away because obviously they can identify with me. Uh-huh. So... Awesome. Well, like, um, we talked about this on, on our second episode uh, about like inspiration and where it comes from, which is funny because now we're talking to an author about her book. Uh, we are not, I'm not an author, certainly, but um, writing songs, mm-hmm. I said one of the things that comes to you is that you're almost trying to have a conversation with God when you're putting words out. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Um, your inspiration that you're getting might just be your fleshed out conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like you went through this experience um, and you've written it out so that other people can learn and they can uh, kind of relate to it and go through maybe the same steps of, of kind of tackling that. And what's interesting is like when you're writing music, you get um, you get to a place where, it's almost like the song is writing itself because it's God's word being poured out onto the page, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what we write is like right out of the scripture. And a lot of your book has a lot of scripture in it. So mm-hmm. I felt like there was a, um, there's a relationship there between like writing a song and mm-hmm. writing a book. Only a book is much longer. <laughs> if you wrote a song <laughs> as long as a book, it would be about uh, 180 hours worth of uh, music. Your hands would get tired. But Okay, so I'll take the next one. We plan on doing that one day. Oh, yeah, we do have a, um, have a concept <laughs> album we're thinking about putting down. So Shh, don't tell everybody. Uh, Chris, we brought you on so that we could pitch our stuff. All right. Um, actually, why don't you go ahead and ask oh, us about our, our concept? <laughs> okay, so um, here's another one. Who? Okay, so he asked, what was your audience? And you say God and, and, and love that answer. But let me ask you, who did you secretly hope would read the book? Okay. Do you understand what the distinction there? Yes. Okay. And another first, I feel like a groupie for the first time in my life. But I really, the band that inspired the book, well, not inspired the book, but That's really, question. Yeah, really helped me through um, getting to where I can write these things down and heal from stuff was mm-hmm. 21 Pilots. So, ah, it is 21 nice. Pilots. You were right. Those two guys, I, I just as a thank you, because I'm sure they feel the love from fans, but to, and, that specific specific band, I do think that a lot of people are able to let them know how it touches their lives. But me too. I want to tell them. Hey, 21 Pilots, big <laughs> shout out to you guys. Listen to Christie's book <laughs> or read it rather. Also, um, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about them until you mentioned them a few weeks ago in our church. Well, maybe more like months ago when you first mentioned them to me. I think it was like really early stages of your book even you mentioned them to do me. Do they consider themselves a Christian band? No, that's yeah, why they're good. I, I didn't think so. <laughs> you <Yeah>. think so? <laughs> no, but they they both are believers that comes across. Well, like oh, okay. there there is um there is a discussion we should have on the podcast sometime about the two 
schools of thought on whether or not uh, being more approachable to mm. the world versus not. Sure. Because I've heard yeah. Christians kind of make the argument either way. Do you know what I'm talking about, Christy? Mm, yeah. Like somebody being like, oh, my music's more worldly, but it touches more audiences. Or a person being like, oh, we shouldn't be of the world. There's like a yeah. big discussion that goes on. And I'm not, we're not getting into it now, but that would be a really cool <laughs> thing to have you back for, maybe. And we can talk about 21 Pilots and all they, that. They wrote a whole song about it, so you can just ask. Read, I read the lyrics. In our first episode, <laughs> talked about Dream Theater and how they yeah, have some yeah. Christian messages in there because sure. the main singer James Labrie is a, a believer. As well. well, then there are a lot of crossover bands too, and from what I've heard, like um, John Foreman from Switchfoot and uh, one of my favorite bands, Five Iron Frenzy, going way back. Punk. They're they punk would, Christian bands. Well, they would always talk about how the money, believe it or not, was actually in the the Christian gigs. Mm. So they would. Five Iron Frenzy would make enough money touring in churches so that they could spend the rest of the year going out and playing in bars and clubs where they didn't really make a lot of money. So let me. But ask, they were able to reach people. So um, <laughs> this isn't written on here. So this is out of left field. But I had I had another one that just kind of came to me. Let me ask you: When you first started writing the book, how much did Brian know about what you were writing? Mm, not not much. <laughs> when the book was completed, did he read it? Like, uh, do you understand what I mean? Like, how far along until he started reading some he, of it? No, he'd read each chapter as I completed it. Whoa. So, no, it was, it was great. It was great. I that trust feedback. that Brian completely understood, but I can, not to give too much away, but I can see how, like, certain chapters he would be like. No, he was awesome. Wow. That's totally awesome. Totally on board. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. By the way, I love Brian Duncan very much. He's a good friend of mine. I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> oh, I just mean, I just mean, yeah. like in general. He's supposed to be oh. so excited that I said that. Oh, uh, well, me too. The uh, shout outs. <laughs> we can edit it so you say it first. It's okay. fine. <laughs> You'll hear "I love you too" and then me Wait. say, yeah. out of order. All right. So, okay. Uh, do you want to? Yeah. I mean, no. Well, what you were talking about with Brian reading the chapters and his response to that—that that just speaks to. Um, just the love I think that he has for you, you know, um, that you can honestly say, Hey, this is the struggle I was having. And you may, you might not know much about it, but, uh, here, read this. And he still responds with compassion and, and love. I think that's really great. That speaks a lot. It kind of speaks volumes about what God's doing to like, um, I'm like a huge, like renewal guy when it comes to like, everything that, mm -hmm. that God has his hands on, like, um, everything that could go wrong can go wrong. And yet God can still renew it somehow. Mm -hmm. And it just takes being like humble. And I think that's really neat. Uh, that, that was what was going on basically. Not that I'm putting words in your mouth about the book or anything, but I feel like it, you're for Brian, you have to be you have to be humble to read it. You you, mm -hmm. you don't understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're like bashing or anything. No. But you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, Zach, yeah. you had a question about. Yeah, I mean, it would be. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I could see it being certainly hurtful to like read things, you know, about a personal struggle, like in yeah. my marriage, like secondhand. And Especially so, if it's in yeah, a that book. That would be really tough. Yeah. 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 So, uh, okay. So yeah. what about your special question? Well, I really want to see the tattoo. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, there it is. It was on the cover. All right. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, it's different than it was not temporary. Temporary. Oh, it's not a henna thing, <laughs> right? It's just for now. There. <laughs> it's there, so yeah. So, um, you were saying. Uh, so what? What do each of those tallies represent? Just for the listeners, that's something you don't want to give away. Too maybe you much. don't no, want to give no. it away. Let's, let's hint at it a little bit. I really bit. don't mind. Um, each of them are is it represents one of the lies that I was believing during that time, and. Um, I would actually just write them on my wrist for a while just to remind myself that, you know, this is not what you want to listen to and um, to remember the truth because it was like when you're in the thick of, like, bullets flying, whizzing by your head nonstop, you know, when you're in war, it's just hard to remember um, even though you've heard the truth a million times. So anyway, I would, I would write them on my wrist for a long time and then I went for it. So <laughs> not uh, believing those lies, <laughs> at least not those. And as a tattoo artist showed me I have room to grow just in case it can go up <laughs> unless there's new just, ones hopefully not but yeah <laughs> well like I'm adding mean, tallies <laughs> obviously it's it's a reminder mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a time and we all have seasons different kinds mm-hmm. of seasons and different kinds of scars to go with them and uh I just think it's cool that yeah. you were proactive with it but um I don't want to give away too much and that's something that you can carry with you that's really cool yeah I think Yes, unless they take my arm off. Then you'll have to just do it on the bicep, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about something else, too, because this is kind of a... I want to get into some stuff in the book and take it a little further, if that's okay. Let's do it. All right. So this was my... Like, I read through the whole book, and then I started, like, getting the questions down to, like, like, big... Stuff that I wanted to know. And so this one is, um, I wrote it out. I think it makes sense. Based on the subject matter in your chapters on success and poverty, which are six and seven, which do you think puts a wedge between us and God more being very well off and potentially not needing God or doing badly in life and potentially resenting God? So, so you kind of represent one aspect of that. So my question is maybe if either address both or flip flop and we'll do like the other side and talk about that. My answer is yes. <laughs> both do. <laughs> it's a both and again. Yeah. We didn't. Uh, no, I, I really think. Last week we did uh, that too. I think it's the same idol that you're holding, which is. Mm. You. you know, the American dream or success uh, or yeah. whatever it is that that you are serving like a God. Mm-hmm. And if it were taken away from you, it shows you how much you, you love that thing, you know, or, or whatever it's, that yeah. idea of success is. And mm-hmm. so if you're if you're poor and don't have it or if you're super successful and you're still not making what you want or mm-hmm. whatever, I still feel like it's that it's the same thing that you're clenching and serving instead of him or trying to do both which is not possible funny because like we talked about that in church a little bit i think not last week because i wasn't i wasn't able to come just because the one before when we were talking about ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. and it was like uh what do they call it um something in hand versus something that the eyes see like uh his points like you um have something in hand and that's enough but some people they have this thing mm-hmm. and they they're still like looking for the next thing, mm-hmm. and it's funny you described it that way because it's like um, whether you're rich or you're poor, you're gonna want it. There's like all kinds of reasons why um, people would worship money. So like 
for me and my wife were different because um, she really values security. And so she kind of wants, she isn't the traditional form of like greediness, I would say, where it's like you just need to buy more and more and more. But it's like you want that like uh, secure feeling. And if you have that, then you don't have to rely on God. Whereas I, I think that I want more freedom, you know, so freedom to have a flexible job or something like that. And so that's another thing where I wouldn't be trusting God, you know. So it's, um, it can get you a lot of different ways. Yes. It's very sneaky. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, um, the hindsight, I'll just say is 2020, right? That's what they say. And so Mm -hmm. obviously if you are outside of a situation and see somebody saying that they don't, they're poor and I'm, I'm this guy, I'm the guy who says I'm poor and it stinks. Yeah. And I have people that are going to college as a free ride or I'm, mm. I have people that can sit around all day and they don't have to do anything. And it's, it's um, frustrating. And I've been that guy. And so for me, I'm, what I'm saying is I, I agree, but I also think that like, like you said, it's, it's, we're constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else. Right. Oh, sure. And I got that a lot in your book. I felt like, uh, there was like, a like a constant need to like measure up and you go through that too in um, your chapter a little bit about um, conforming, I guess. And and you tackle it from one angle, but I think that the poverty and success is also like a comparative thing because constantly like uh, when I was really, really young before I had Jessica or anything, I was like, how is it that all these jerks have a girlfriend and I don't (laughs) like I'm super nice. Back then I was skinny. I had like long hair. I just came from Florida. I had like a really dark tan and I was like, yo, what's up Kentucky? And these girls were like, you say soda. You don't say pop. I don't understand. (laughs) I was like, just get to know me, man. But you're so nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm weird, man. Come on. (laughs) And so like, I'm always comparing myself to these guys that, you know, have a girlfriend. Then you Mm -hmm. get out of of that and you, you start comparing. You're like, oh, how come? I have to work a part-time job in college and this person doesn't and they get straight A's and I'm stressed out because I don't have time to study. And then you get your job and you're like, how come I'm working 50 hours a week? This person's only doing like 20 hours a week sales calls and they get a hundred million whatever dollars. And so I was, I went through that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, it's always just like, I got to be okay with where I am. Like, you know, and I think the you, grass can always look greener on the other side. And I mean, I remember Brian telling me, like, <laughs> I hate to throw Brian under the bus, <laughs> but one time Brian in our church was like, um, Colin, I've been there, buddy. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, one time, I think I was making like 40000 a year. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, so low. I wish I was making $40,000 a year. I'd be fine. I think he said something like that. But I think he was using an example because you guys have kids and, you know, and I was like, wish I had that. And so, like, it's, again, it's just comparing, you know. I almost feel like the most difficult scripture is that contentment with God is great gain. Like, that, that's, it's hard. It's really mm. hard to be content. That's constantly taking your wants and needs and all those fleshly desires and just kind of setting them aside and just being content with all, it's, it's tough. What about the, uh, on that same point, there's that scripture about the guy who's like, wants to go follow Jesus and he, or Jesus says, come follow me. And he goes, hold on, let me like, 
Let me go bury my father. Let's get stuff straight with my family and my father. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus is like, nope, (laughs) you already don't, don't got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're okay with, with having a relationship with God, but also like keeping all our extra stuff. And last mm-hmm. time we talked about that too, like, um, I said, sh- uh, not to quote myself, but I was saying, uh, <laughs> uh you're sh- like, Jesus is sharing an apartment with you. And then you have like other people in the apartment too, not just you and Jesus. Yeah. Right. So eventually you're like, you're like, well, it just needs to be you and Jesus in the apartment. You, know, you can't have mm-hmm. like, uh, your career in music or you can't have like your, whatever wild weekend lifestyle or whatever anything else that you're holding up as an idol like you said and it's it's tough to let go but you got (laughs) it like i said hindsight's 2020 but you got to be like hey give it all away and and just be uh submissive i guess i don't know if it's a like a good thing because i I don't know that i necessarily heard that in church like you're gonna everything that you love <laughs> that you think you yeah. love is going to be totally second fiddle to, you know, a hundred percent it's God. Right. And I don't know, maybe that would have scared me away and I'm glad I didn't hear it. Right away. I don't I don't know, but you know, it really, yeah, you know, your faith is genuine when you really have to address that and um, yeah. make that decision. I, I feel like, I feel like we don't want to say that in church because it is, it, there is kind of the fear that it will, um, drive people away but i also feel like sometimes we pay lip service to it because we know that's what we're supposed to believe it's a lot of that but then we go (laughs) on and we don't hold each other accountable hey what's in your life that's getting in the way of god we don't ask those questions in church it's more come and let's learn another bible verse again and learn how you're supposed to be viewing things i i'm one of those guys that like like i think i mentioned it i still struggle with really like knowing scripture. Well, I can't just like rattle it off like some people. And so for me, a lot of times I get something new every time, but it's, but I think to go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, the seasons, what we were just addressing about, um, if you had heard that at that time, it might've been weird for you. I think, uh, the way that God handles us is like, what's that imagery of the guy with the chisel? He's like chiseling you like, kind of, you know what I'm talking about? And that he's was like, a skit guys thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but there's, there, it's, I've seen in other churches. I, I mean, uh-huh. I think they probably started it and then it turned into something. But I think that when you first step foot in that church, maybe like you have the, the seed, the mustard seed yeah, and you can't just, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to be bombarded. You might get tossed out, but, um, Every season has like more growth to it. And I we're forever going to be in seasons of growth, I feel like. And I always say I'm a seeker. So when I first talked to Jake, who was our guest last week, he brought me to see season was like, all right, you've been singing. You've been like hanging out. And I know that you're like down with the people in my youth group. What are your other hangups? And I was like, every other person that I know from high school that says they're Christians is totally fake. And they're like partying, doing bad stuff. Why are dinosaurs a thing? Why are other planets a thing? Huh, Jake? Huh? And he was like. You brought up dinosaurs? Yeah, I I literally said, I said like, okay, well, if God created man in his image, then why were there dinosaurs? And and like, he was just like, ah. And then he just goes, am I allowed to say I don't know? And I was like, are you? I don't know. You're a pastor. It's like, I don't know anything about Christianity. Are Are you allowed to say that? So like. I think like, again, I think that if he was just like calling, listen, you need to strip all this stuff out of your life and get into church and get this stuff settled or else yeah. you're going to be burning. I might've been like, 
Well, thank you for the CCs. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and again, I think everybody's just different in their walk. I like the idea that everybody handles it differently and you just plant a seed and then one day they're stepping into church. Like, I won't mention names, but there's been several friends of me in Zach's life that started off completely like in another place and then slowly started to come around to God. And it's been nice to, to see it. But, but it's got to be a real, like, authentic struggle with flesh and blood absolutely not like something fake where you're like i can come in and like say that i uh, belong to this club now because i say the right things you know it's a trust thing too it's like uh, i'm always a we're going off on a tangent i understand we'll get back to it (laughs) but i'll just uh (laughs) i think uh a big part of me ministering to anyone and i'm not like the best person for this but i feel like god did give me a gift of charisma if you can call it anything but I feel like nobody is going to hear the word of God if they don't trust the person talking. Like, and if you're a person out in the street yelling and just condemning everybody, you may not get the, I'm not trying to say you get more bees with honey than vinegar. I'm not trying to like do that. But I am saying that if you make the time and you show them what the kingdom is like by being a person mm-hmm. that cares about them, that you they know trust, like they can trust with their real problems, then you might actually get a person who considers you actually kind of know what you're talking about when you start talking about scripture. And so that's, that's always been my ministry walk has been like, go and hang out with them and go bowling and say, Hey, I'm a Christian and I'm also cool. And I like <laughs> video games and stuff. And Let's hang just, out. I just hit a strike. Do you <laughs> oh. hit a strike? You bowl a strike, I guess. No, no. I mean, Hey, <laughs> I with only when the bumpers are on, uh, <laughs> I hit a strike. I don't know about anybody else, but I do <laughs> all the time. No, I, uh, I, Jessica is actually better than me at bowling, which is hilarious. Um, but anyway, so getting back to it, all I was trying to say is that, uh, <laughs> Getting back to the meat of our discussion. Why is it hilarious that she's better at you than Paul? <laughs> <laughs> it's not hilarious. I'm saying that uh, I think I I am now talking about me and my wife bowling, and originally we were talking about Christie's <laughs> book. So I don't know how that happened. It's my fault. So uh, let's just get back to it. I, I Zen think and the Art of Bowling. That's the name of the book, right? We already answered number four, but uh, maybe we can hear about... Um, so we, I was going to ask what the band was, but you already talked about it. But you mentioned a particular song in there, in the early chapters. I can look it up if you want, but... The you 21 Pilot song? I quote a specific song. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you address when you heard it or what time it was, uh, but uh, when did you first hear that song? Um, I was joint compound on the ceiling in our room hey <laughs> no they kept playing Anytime, on uh, they kept playing on pandora and after a while i thought this band's a christian they're believers so <laughs> i i'm picking it up from this so then i go and research it and then i start listening to them a lot more because i was identifying with their lyrics but i wanted to make sure like i think we're on the same page but anyway um I understand your point, too, because what could sound like something might be a different yeah, thing they're yeah, singing yeah. about. Oh, they're talking about a chick. No, no, no. That <laughs> <laughs> there are certain love songs that I think are secretly <laughs> songs to God that they just don't say anything <laughs> yeah, about. Maybe. Not theirs. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah, the, the quote from um, the book is from a, a song called Forest, and I'm not, like, 100% sure that I've got... Um, context of what he's actually trying to say but it really really resonated resonated with um what i was feeling at that point of something i love is 
being torn apart and why does it look like I did it? <laughs> so it's kind of around what the lyrics say, but yeah, I mean, that yeah. would, that would make me think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to shout out another friend, but, um, there was a time when I was doing, I was a music leader and a person involved in our uh, worship band. Um, he had told me that he was at odds with God. He had m almost written him off. And then he was driving in his car and he was like dealing with a lot of bad stuff. And a third day song came on and it was hmm. um, Consuming Fire, I think is the name of the song. We've done it before uh, in church at one point with a CCLI license. So don't get mad at all you people <laughs> listening. Third day's like, I think uh, you're allowed to mention that you played a song. Mac <laughs> Powell's like, what did he say? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> sorry. So um, he said he heard the song and he just parked his car and started crying. He was just like, dude, God, God's speaking to me through it. Mm. I think that that music doesn't have any barriers. It just like goes right to your spirit. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like undefinable, but. That's why worship, I think, is so important in church. I, I, I mean, I know that it's not necessarily like outlined. You will have worship and you will do at least three yeah, songs and like but it's the book been, of John or something. But it's been what we've done as the church right. since the beginning. And even uh, before Jesus, there was the um, uh, before Jesus walked among us, rather, <laughs> there was the um, there was the Jewish worship, which was also in the form of song. The Psalms, you know, they Psalms are literally songs. Yeah, That's where I get yeah. a lot of my songwriting material yeah, from. Yeah. It's cheating, of course, because it's already written out, but you know, whatever. Right. Nobody else has done it. So I'm just gonna do yeah. it. But right. um but no, I, I was just saying, you know, this twenty one pilot song, it, it I believe God speaks through almost anything at any time and, and you just gotta be open to it. And mm -hmm. it was just that maybe that point when you were at a low place, which I, I know you were. And so God was like, all right, she's ready. Here's this song. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how much you want me to talk about them, but. Um, I, I'm fine with it. I'm just saying if you're not comfortable, it's up to know. you. No, I'll, I'll talk as much about the book as you want. But, you know, a lot of anger is the really difficult emotion, I feel like, to deal with as a believer and how to do it properly hmm. where it doesn't lead to sin. And. I had held in so much anger and frustration from the church, yeah. just life in general that normal people, everybody has, you know, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I'm the type who just bottles it up. So I didn't know what to do with it. So <clears throat> I was kind of at, you know, the tipping point whenever I had started listening to this band and they have, it's not what you hear on the Christian radio station. It's, um, I don't know different beats that feel like you could you know go at it with a punching bag and but it's okay mm. and for some reason um they have something magical to their music where you really feel like the anger can come and pass away in a way that just isn't simple in a way that's healing and it's breathe yeah. it out like, yeah it's yeah. yeah get rid of it almost yeah and it's you know, a lot through the lyrics that they have too. But anyway, I, that's that's really what I was able to get through the anger enough to start to write and heal on the other side. And so that's kind of their main um, help. There. Listen, we don't we don't <laughs> allow that with our church music. It's all it's almost all always the positive side. Or right. if there's something about struggles, it's usually oceans. 
or something <laughs> yeah. in that vein. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, you, uh, in your book, I'm, I'm sad to say that I didn't hardly see any water, uh, imagery <laughs> like they do in worship music. <laughs> you weren't doing mainstream wah, wah. stuff. So I'm sorry. It's, it just didn't touch me the same way. You didn't say anything about waves. You didn't say, say anything about them crashing about you being so deep that you might drown. Listen, I am really proud that I have like one cliche phrase in the entire book. It's, it's walk with me. That's the only phrase that I feel like is a little churchy and cliche. Mm. The rest of it, I can safely say. It's you, like one step away from <laughs> are you tracking with me? <laughs> I never say let's camp out here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, um, okay. I'll just, uh, I'll just say that um, your book's great. Um, it's relatable on a lot of levels, but I would say that uh, you probably will find a lot of, relatable qualities if you're a person mm-hmm. in Christie's shoes, but also for anybody who's a, a Christian who's dealt with um, spiritual warfare, who's dealt with a doubt or, or just feeling like you're being attacked by something. You don't really know what it is. And uh, I, I feel like the second you step into ministry of any kind or step into a church, you start to have this target on your back and it mm-hmm. becomes apparent. So for anybody that's listening, it's a, it's it's such a good book. Um, it is on Amazon. It is on Barnes and Noble. Any other places that you're selling this book? I can't remember. I think so. Just Google it. Just pop up. Listen, <laughs> listen, people. Get your flipping computer out. You know how to use it or your phone for all you kids. It's worth, look up it's keeping worth the Google. Look yeah. up keeping tally. You can see Christy in a nice picture out in her yard with a jacket. I don't know if it's your yard, but you have you know some it's nice pictures. Totally, it's totally my yard. Okay, it's a nice yard. <laughs> yeah. you know, with a nice little jacket on. It's got a nice little picture on the back mm-hmm. of the book. But let me say this: it's a great read. It it doesn't take super long to get through. I'm not saying it's not like uh, in depth, but it's a uh, it's no it's, no that's a selling point like two hours it's really quick. You could I mean I I, I was able to take it and get through it in yep. about a weekend, mm-hmm. uh, just a few chapters, uh, you know, uh, before bed, and uh, it's great. And uh, I am a dude talking about <laughs> a book that a woman wrote about her life, and it's still relatable. So uh, definitely check it out. Okay, did you guys want to talk about spiritual warfare for a second? Before we, we get couple, on to our thing. Well, we had a couple of questions fun. about that. Yeah, go ahead. Too. So we were t- kind of talking about, because um, your book goes into the messages from the enemy and the lies that he tries to feed you. And we were just wondering um, if you had any thoughts on um, how do you know who you're hearing from ah. when you hear uh, different things, when you start to feel certain emotion about something? Um, you know, how do you know whether it's a good message from God or whether it's um, Satan trying to trip you up. All right. So first, before you answer, I'll just say that this week's episode, our topic is friend versus foe. And so uh, it's all about spiritual warfare and being able to discern who that's from. And so, uh, yeah, that's sorry. I, that's we, basically it. That's basically <laughs> it. So, OK, Chrissy, go ahead. Sorry. Um, well, definitely that first uh, just feeling of doubt. Uh, I, def- I, th- I feel like it enters as soon as, you know, it's Satan whispering things. But I think, too, and I say it towards the end of the book, you know, it, which is hilarious. That it took, like, all these chapters. It was right in front of me. But uh, each of the lies starts with the word you. So you're a failure or um, you're poor. You don't need the church, things like that. And so um, I really feel like when when it's the enemy, the foe, who's whispering, um, He's putting you in charge and um, offering you the 
kind of to be on the throne, um, mm. which if you think of like Eve or Jesus when he's, you know, there with those temptations, I feel like it's the same thing, you know, like you, you come into, uh, it's what, it's what's most important to you. And, um, I'll let you command the all aside. these nations. Right. Right. Yeah. If you want. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've, um, yeah, I still, I, it's just, it's just shifting the focus from God with whatever the statement is to what's most important to you, which still can be foggy, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. and discernment, but, um, uh, yeah, which I, I, after being, you know, you're, it's like if you have this terrible illness and then you make it through, you kind of notice if you start feeling those initial symptoms again right away. Uh-huh. So I feel a little hypersensitive to it now where I, I thankfully, I guess I can kind of notice it. Oh, that's the enemy. Like I initially feeling yeah. doubt and like discouragement. Um, but it is kind of hard to put into words, but guess you're getting ready to do that for me. No, right? no, no, no. I was just I'm opening <laughs> up my great. Bible, getting ready. Yeah. Open up my Bible. Cause Line. scripture is super awesome. I like no. the, well, I like the illness analogy that you were given. Do you feel like you need to continue to get, checked up on like I know people with cancer you know you mm-hmm. can go into remission but they never say like you're completely cancer free for the rest of your life guaranteed mm-hmm. like you just don't know that and so you gotta go and you gotta get um you gotta be scanned or whatever right um it's always there yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah they, yeah he's mm-hmm. not gonna rest <laughs> the enemy um I don't know. I guess that's part of, you know, even having the tattoo is I, I think I initially did know that this is going to be a battle forever, but I'm not going to let him win. So um, I try to check in on myself and I'm also obviously to my husband I keep myself pretty accountable to him with I felt this way today. Tell me that it's not true. <laughs> he, he's he's a big help. Brian's awesome. I've said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> Handsome guy and good friend and musical dude. He's everything, man. All right. So um, I'll just, to add on to that, I'll just say that you had mentioned like that illness, like Zach was talking about. Um, there is a scripture in James and I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm like really hot on James right now. Something about James. I'm like always reading from it. And um there's a scripture I was going to read uh, that has to do a lot with that. And um, this is just the way I'm reading. And again, I'm not a great necessarily like interpreter of scripture. <laughs> you remember when I led last time I was, I was fighting through, but um, in five verse one, I'm sorry, chapter one, verse five, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Um, so definitely be like asking, um, and it will be given to you. But then down here, cause this was my problem was being like, how do I know if I'm making the right decision? How do I know if, if God is pushing me out of this or if the devil is trying to stop me from doing something that God wants me to do? What is, what is this force being pushed on me? And so down here, I felt like it kind of paints a little bit of a picture in 13 where it says, In the NIV, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And so when I read that, I was like, what basically James is saying is that um, if it's from God, it won't be a temptation. It won't be something bad. It won't be an evil thing, but it will be something good that's from him. And you'll know that it's a good thing uh, just because of the way that it's presented to you. And so like what you were describing um, almost felt like it hurt or it felt like a constant mm-hmm. ache or something. And and I just feel like you're not going to get that same ache uh, when the Lord is telling you to do something. Now, I personally went through a thing, Zach as well, but I'll just talk about mine. And if you want to talk about yours, where I, like you, was in a situation where I stepped away from a church organization. And um, for a long time, for me, it was trying to discern whether or not I was doing something good in that community and God wanted me there. And the devil was trying to say, get out. I don't want you doing good things. Or it was God saying like, I've been telling you for the last couple of months to leave and it's good for you. And now I'm like mad. I'm ready for you to go. (laughs) Like, and so how do you find that out? Right. So for me, it was just like Matthew says, going and being alone in prayer Mm -hmm. over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And after about a week, I audibly heard from the Lord for like Mm -hmm. the first time ever. It was like a big experience for me. And I, he was just like, your time's good. You've done what you can. Your time's up. Yeah. Uh, I'll have more for you soon, but for now I just need to step on out. And I just was like, all right, obedient, let's go. And afterwards I felt that what James is talking about, that um, it wasn't a temptation. It wasn't some bad thing when I left. It was a fulfillment of something God wanted for me. And in that moment I knew it was the right thing. Yeah, And Mm. you almost realize the blessing of God being in, the whisper, you know, like the quiet, he's not in the storm, he's not, but it does yeah. make you seek him that much more um, when you're truly wanting and desiring his will, but um, you're learning more from him and, you know, sanctification and, and all yeah. that is, is growing. Um, but it's, it, I don't know, this, his whisper instead of oh, the constant screaming. It's, it's learning it's to good. tune into that. Yeah. Instead of everything else, and everything else is so much more noisy mm-hmm. and distracting. There's times when it's so frustrating. Like, uh, yeah. I, I maybe this is on me. Maybe I just I need to figure some things out. Like, get back to the heart of like scripture. But there's just times when I'm like, I, I want. I don't want to say that I'm frustrated with God, but I am sometimes because yeah. I'm because I'm like. I have no idea what you're trying to tell me right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, say something to me. And yeah. so I just grab my Bible and just smash my face into it. Like, I'm going to flip to a random page. This is going to be the right one. Yeah. Oh, geez, what is this? It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's hard not to feel like that when things seem like they're going so wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems where are the promises of God is what you start asking. So, And kind of like Christy was saying in the book, that's what... That's what Satan wants, is that doubt. I just read this morning in Mark where 
they're on the <clears throat> the boat and Jesus is asleep during the storm. Mm. It's like fact. Jesus was asleep in some. But nobody know, God, like God, he's like, what God, are you guys worried about? <laughs> God's God's not asleep with us, but it feels that way sometimes. Yeah. And like, but the, you know, you see that Jesus doesn't rebuke them because of them getting his attention and yelling at him, but because of their doubt. And so I, I yeah. do think that in that, you know still come to me. You know, he's not, he's not upset that you're yelling at him because you think he's asleep. But if I was on that boat and it was like English (laughs) and it was like modern day talking, it would look something like this. Like seriously, Jesus, get up. We're going to die. Jeez. (laughs) Seems like you're kind of doubting Colin. I'd be like, well, I'm going to (laughs) crash. Do you blame me? No. Oh, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, we're not perfect. We, we, we are, uh, we are babies walking around in the living mm-hmm. room and we have God occasionally m- moving our trajectory. So we mm-hmm. don't bump our head on the coffee table. Or sometimes mm-hmm. he lets us bump our head on the coffee table and says, did you learn anything? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> move the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Colin, you better put your hands out. Like protect yourself. You know, anyway, so bad analogy, but you get what I'm saying. So like uh, in your, in your book, um, not to, I mean, we, we, I still want to talk about it, but we're, we're on the friend versus foe thing, but, um, we, it, it relates in that there were times you were going through in your book where you were, it seems like all you're thinking about is that bad stuff. Oh yeah. And so, um, yeah. do you feel like, do you, would you go out on a limb and say that God was like yelling at you and you just couldn't hear? Or do you feel like God was giving you a season of time? To, to get ready to for to hear him. Do yeah, no. That was that was me walking away. Not sure. at, at, he definitely didn't change. But there is a lot mm-hmm. of bitterness starting with you know the church, and mm-hmm. then I just associate that with God because it's easy to do. Um, but shutting out a lot of the you know I wasn't picking up scripture. I wasn't listening to Christian radio or any of those type. Of, I wasn't hanging out with a lot of other believers, and so there really. There wasn't a ton of way that he could, <laughs> the typical ways that he would be speaking sure. to me. Anyway, um, but that bitterness um, was allowing, you know, in a hardened heart, it was just allowing me to hear Satan's lies. I was allowing him to build the nest above my head or whatever they say and mm. plant some birds in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those uh, those very clever, like, phrases that Christians use, like breaking chains and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, like, It wasn't building up a hedge. <laughs> I don't, I just don't have protection. I just don't. Um, I feel like sometimes I, it's hard to know because if you're dealing with stuff, I think you're already being attacked by Satan. So like, because the, the, the literal like idea of dealing with anything and not like immediately knowing that you're going to still find joy, like it says in Ecclesiastes again, uh, Satan's probably working on you in some way. Um, it's funny cause I was listening to a podcast and I won't say which one cause it's going to sound like a negative thing, but I don't mean it in that way. But he was, it was a guy who was a non-believer and he was said something along the lines of like, he was making a, a comment about Satan, the idea of Satan and that like, Oh, like Satan would just, you know, not be so busy that he could just bother every single person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening pal because he is <laughs> like don't you dare like doubt that because you know he, he's got enough energy to do all of that and then some and so like yeah just as it's i believe i think the scripture backs this up i would argue that 
just as much as we believe that God has enough time for each one of us, that Satan has just as much time for each one of us too, which is scary. It's got nothing better to do <laughs> than just to Get make our lives <laughs> learn to play guitar or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So, okay. Um, <laughs> that was a, a first big long one was uh, how do we know who we're hearing from? And then we feel like the second half of that is what steps do you take to, to, to find out? Yeah. And so I think Zach had some scripture too. Um, uh, one that jumped into my head when we, First started talking about this topic, uh, and I read a lot of First John last semester, um, and so First John four one through six, uh, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Um, and so, like, just remembering that the voices that are speaking to us are, are trying to pull us away from the recognition of who Christ is right. in our lives. And even, like, I don't know, would you say that's like the gift of discernment? Do you feel like that's <laughs> helpful in that situation? I don't know. If there, there's a lot of gifts um, mm-hmm. of the spirit that I just don't. I don't feel like um, we utilize as much. But yeah. that the church ha- we're, we're being given them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like who in your church has a gift of discernment? Could anybody name any? If you're talking about discerning spirits yeah. specifically, yeah. it's hard to know because. In our American modern context, we don't really talk about spirits. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. another thing. Um, we, we're getting near the end, but um, that's another big can of worms is like, why? why Things might be more spiritual than we think. Why are we right? so yeah. hesitant to believe that there are forces at work that we right. can't see? Guess what? There's UV and radio yeah. waves out there right now that you can't see. How's that internet <laughs> on your computer working, huh, pal? Is your phone attached to a wire? I don't think so. Well, wasn't that, it's been a while since I've read screw tape letters, but wasn't that part of it too where he says, let the humans think the devil doesn't exist because right. it's actually better yep. if you don't tip your hand. Yeah. I mean, yep. that's just, I, I, that's a, like a, it's a big can of worms and it's probably, yeah. we'd have yeah. to maybe have Christy back or somebody. But I, I think maybe there might be two ways because I think that the, the gift of discerning spirits is something that some people have and that's kind of one way to tell. But I think even if you don't explicitly have that gift or haven't developed that, I think that scripture is another way. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. So our hearts can be corrupted, and we might have stuff that honestly sometimes just comes from us, um, but we have things where we listen to the enemy too. It's all kind of swimming around in there, but the word of God kind of can help us divide and see where things are coming from. You, you guys need to have somebody back too talking about uh, the importance of pastors shooting these wolves that come in because that's a whole nother can of worms, right? Sure. With, what do you mean? With, uh, Expand on that. Well, I just don't. Um, how much are we protecting our congregations from mm. uh, folks that have uh, the wrong motives coming in and sowing lies and um, not having the spirit of truth? 
basically. Yeah. And um, What's, if we're not doing anything about it, you know, our, mm. the flock is, it can suffer. It's tough to know what to do about that because people who are that um, unhealthy need Jesus. Right, right. You know, well, what's where else are they going to get it? But you don't want a hard influence on your congregation either. So that's kind of like one of the missions of our podcast. I hope we'll get to, to really discuss, like, again, I'm, I don't have, I don't have answers. God has answers and scriptures answers. So I'm just going to seek those things out. But, um, there's a lot of like duality, uh, schools of thought, like, uh, like every single school of thought has like a, like a counter that sounds good (laughs) or whatever. So like you're, you're saying that, uh, Pastors and communities. Shoot the wolves. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, right. But then, if I'm, uh, uh, I don't. I'm not going to use political words, but I'm going to say if you are a person of a certain type of belief, you might say we don't need to be exclusive of anyone. Mm -hmm. And so that sounds good, right? And your thing sounds good, except for how hardcore Paul is with false teachers. So a false teacher, and definitely. Wolves. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not debating John you. Too. That was the whole thing with First John. I'm not trying to debate you. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just you, you get what I mean, though, right? I'm totally joking. Like if somebody, like in the same way we talk yeah. about uh, what we what we were gonna uh, we were we were talking about another subject just a little bit ago. Like uh, we'll have to have this hashed out anyway. So what what I'm finding is I get further and further with my walk and with the community is mm-hmm. that there are schools of thought associated with the scripture, and they the truth is is universal that's my belief that there is one Mm -hmm. truth and our personal opinions get in the way of one truth and becomes two truths or four truths that they're all combating each other and the one truth's right there it's jesus in the word and you just gotta you gotta just keep fighting with it until you figure it out but um so like there's always, I feel like in a lot of these cases, there's like duality. There's like people who focus on certain things depending on what they believe. And because of that, we're starting to, we're, we're, we're getting so many lines of division and we're not uniting under Christ and under the scripture and just being like, like what we're doing right now, we're discussing. We're not saying, Colin, we should never, and you're an idiot. And I'm not going, Christy, you're wrong, and get out of here. So, like, the the thing is we're struggling, and that's what's so great. That's why I love Jason. Not to shout out to Jason, bro. Hopefully you get him on the show at some point. But he, uh, he, he sometimes will bring up something that I might not necessarily agree with. But one thing I love about Jason is he's always, like, very, like, hey – that's okay. You can disagree. And I still love you. And you can, me can still have this great conversation and that's where we need to be. So anyway, rant over, rant over, rant over. But I wanted to share another scripture before we get to our last little meat of this. Um, and I know we're going to go over, but we had a few things in the beginning. We're going to, so <laughs> just letting everybody know that there'll probably be some editing in this one, <laughs> but, um, and Isaiah 30, um, it talks about like when you'll hear. And that's like a big question. I'm like, when am I going to hear this thing? Um, and it kind of sticks to you, like it sticks it to you a little bit. And it's uh, Isaiah 30, 19 through 22. Let me find it here. It says. Okay. Oh, people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help as soon as he hears he will answer you although the lord gives you bread and adversity and water and affliction your teachers will be 
hidden no more with your eyes and will see them. Whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so I hope that will be me. And I hope that will be like a thing. But then it says, uh, it basically, we're talking, uh, this is taken in a weird context because they're talking about these people who are kind of like turning away from the Lord in Isaiah. And so back a little bit, he talks about like the repentance that these people don't seem to have. Mm -hmm. And so God's like, when you're repentant, mm -hmm. you'll hear it. <laughs> and so for for me what I when I read that my first thing that I think of is like maybe maybe God is still sorting things out with me and I need to get to a better place before I can hear mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why I asked you before in your book or do you feel like God was still working on you? I understand. So let's finish up. We have one more question. It's okay if we go over. We have one more question and it's my wife had this great question I asked Jake last week and I'm going to ask you. Or no, you know what? Zach, you asked. You asked last time. Mm. Do you okay, remember? So the question we're asking all guests, uh, if you could see anything about the church change or become different, maybe we change up our tactic or maybe something is added to what the church is already doing for the future. Where do you hope the church is going? Like a community, like the church as a whole, as a like whole. Yeah. The, the global church. So, like, I know that's a huge broad strokes question, but something maybe coming from your life that you've seen that maybe needs to be different. You already mentioned one, which is the shooting of the wolves thing. Yes. Um, geez. Well, I'm not good at thinking globally because I'm honestly just not involved enough. Um, people, people have different <laughs> gifts and different walks. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and your experience. Yeah, it'd have to be just from my experience. That's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's what I mean. Like, what Anything do you see in in a, a common denominator in churches that feels like it? It just isn't there. Okay. Okay. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want the short version or the long one? Either way. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, we, I'll do the long one shortly. How about that? Sounds good. That's not word. Do the short one longly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Space each word out and give it to me. Like definition. Here we go. All right. So I was asking our women's Bible study actually the other day. I'm like, where has the emotion gone in church? Because mm. when I first was a believer in high school, it was just me and God at home for several hours with music doing like my own thing that was very heartfelt. And man, did I grow in my relationship with the Lord. When I became, when I went to college and joined the ministry, it was, I literally felt like a robot, like the emotion was gone. Mm. Um, so I asked, I asked the group and I love what my friend said. She's like, I, I think the word is wrong. I don't think it's emotion. I think it's depth and that mm. a lot of people just want a checklist that, okay, I did this. I went to church. I read for five minutes or whatever. And they just want the checklist to feel like they've done what they're supposed to do. And I, I am just not a checklist person. And so there's been so many churches that you go in and there's there's no depth and it always feels like to me a pep rally speech um that's they just could at least throw a mascot in there <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> can we shoot t-shirts too <laughs> shoot them uh, at the wolves <laughs> <laughs> right it all comes around this is all you're here for <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh anyway yeah that would be fun too um but yeah, that and that's why you know the way that that uh, Center Church is is doing um, their stuff. There's, I mean, if you if you are reading scripture, 
straight through, there's going to be depth because it's the living word of God. Right. Um, so taking these little verses and then trying to, you know, keep going sermons out of, you know, gotcha things here and there is tough. But um, so depth, depth is what uh, I would say. An emotion. Oh, if if it's emotion, I don't know. Yeah, well, Maybe like it's not. It might be the wrong word. I, no, I, I I would say I would take emotion a step further, but mm. only because I think that sometimes I've been in churches where I just feel spiritually dead, and I just am like, where is the where is the passion and the dancing or the people crying out and just asking for forgiveness yeah. or running up to the stage and kneeling down. Yeah. Like, and I know that's very uh, charismatic, maybe. It doesn't all have to be physical, but even so, you can still kind of tell. Sure. When there's well, not. And if, sorry. Go if, ahead. If there is, I don't know if you call this emotion, but it's this, it's the same persona and it's really difficult to feel like something is authentic, that that person truly believes what they're saying when everything sounds like preacher man voice sure. I, I guess and so um there is a part in the book where i talk about um i was listening to this radio host who broke down on air because of the empathy he had for these other i mean he was very much uh just heartbroken for a situation right. across the states and it's really hard to hear a grown man cry on the air and not and not have be moved, you know, to to, yeah. to yeah. at least know that he is truly concerned about what he's talking about. And if I were to see that on Sunday morning, not you know, you, that's not even authentic, authentic to do it every Sunday, but but something that makes me feel like, and they really believe what they're talking about. And think yeah. about a new believer or maybe someone who's not a believer oh, experiences yeah. that. Mm -hmm. How how different is their experience from just hearing the rhetoric they've heard a million mm -hmm. times? Well, I want to switch the channel from the rhetoric because <laughs> it's just the same. Just right. the tone of that mm -hmm. that preacher voice. It's just it's hard. I, I understand what you mean too because it's sometimes you uh, get to that point where you like a movie like you go to see a new movie but you already know the plot like you're like, oh, this person's mm -hmm. gonna die here, mm -hmm. and <laughs> this person's gonna be the the action star, you know. And when he comes back from the dead, right? Flasker. Exactly, <laughs> right. So I get, uh, uh, it's it's kind of like that, and like, oh, I already know what point he's gonna make. Mm -hmm. I can already hear this coming down the pike. Right. Um, well, man, lots to think about for our listeners. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much, Christy, for being here. Yeah. Uh, we're a little over time, so I'll just say um, pick up Christie's book. Please check out Keeping Tally on the interwebs, the thing that uh, you can't see that makes your phone work for all you doubters out there that know things that I you don't believe see. in the don't, internet. They don't exist, apparently, because you proof. can't see them. <laughs> uh, so Keeping Tally, illuminating the lies that imprison you. And if you want to check out Christy or say hi, I'm sure she wouldn't mind if you try and get in touch with her on Facebook. Uh, do you have a Twitter? I don't know. Oh. I Twitter. Do you? <laughs> I Do you? Yeah. No, so she has a Twitter. Uh, uh, you can be like my ninth follower because. I'm not good on Twitter. That's a really important position. <laughs> Zach, Zach is handling our Twitter because I'm not as savvy with it. But we do have a Twitter, Houseplants Podcast, and we have a Patreon, Houseplants mm -hmm. Podcast. Facebook, Patreon. everywhere we're, everywhere that you can be social, be social with us. Try to be. And um, yeah, uh, please uh, get in touch with us. Ask us any questions you want. If you have a prayer request, if you have a question for Christy, you can message us and we will convey that to her. I hang out with her once a week at church. So it's very cool to be able to just be like, oh, by the way, 57 people replied to our podcast and they want to know uh, 
uh, why you're mad at your husband in the book or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to the book. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we will see you next time. See you.